0: Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
1: And welcome. If you'd like to talk to Dr. Debbie about your pet, preferably about your pet, not about any of your health problems, or groomer Joey Villani about. Your pet's grooming problems, not not your grooming problems. Although he is a very well groomed guy, and he probably could help you with some <laughs> grooming tips too.
2: He has more moisturizer than Judy. He does. It's a little <laughs> frightening.
3: And he's got more beauty products than I do too.
1: <laughs> and he takes longer in the bathroom. Than,
3: I know.
1: Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to reach out to Doctor Debbie or Joey Villani or just the dream team right now to say hello. Of course, you can also ask your questions from the free animal radio app for iPhone and Android. And on today's show, we're going to have this lady who's uh, working for a company called Trusted House Sitters, trustedhousesitters.com. You may remember a couple of weeks back, we talked to a young lady who's traveling the world. She hasn't paid rent in three years. What she does is she goes from place to place uh, across Europe, pet sitting. And she, you know, she's like on vacation at the same time that she's taking care of pets she had a special website that she went to to learn about all the places that she could go. Mm-hmm. And I believe this is the website.
3: Yes, it is. It's one that it not only can you find people that are looking for people to come into their homes and watch their pet, but you can actually list your home and your pet and have somebody come and watch it. I
1: noticed you follow this up pretty fast, Judy, like you're looking to travel perhaps.
3: Perhaps. Mm-hmm. I think this is a great idea. I mean, you you know, you just be responsible for your flight over there and be able to stay in someone's home for God, a few months at a time, I think that would just be awesome.
1: Okay, so we're going to find out what it's all about and how you can get involved doing this yourself. We'll and it
3: works all around the world. It's, this is mainly in the U.K., but I found someone that was looking for a pet sitter 10 miles from my home. Really? Yes. Oh,
1: okay. Uh, so that's on the way here in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom?
3: Uh, right now,
2: I am looking at the website to get my trusted house sitter <laughs> because having three dogs and a cat, I mean, that might be my solution. Uh, but besides that, I have um, information from a new study that goes beyond just the typical, you know, pets are good for you. Uh, pets are good for you, but exactly what they do, I mean, so wonderful that you might want to get a pet for a neighbor who doesn't have one.
1: That's on the way. Hi, who's this? Hi, it's Glenn. Hi, Glenn. How are you doing? I'm good. Where are you calling from? Uh, California. Big state. Where?
4: <laughs> San Diego.
1: Uh, you are on with Dr. Debbie.
4: Uh, hi, doctor. I have a hey, how are you doing weird. today? Good.
5: Um,
1: what can I help you with?
4: It's kind of weird. My uh, my dog is uh, like rubbing his bottom on the ground.
5: Oh. Uh,
4: you know, just kind of pushing along every now and then, It'll, you know, it's
5: kind of, it's just weird. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of a movement, to, perhaps you've maybe seen that on television programs, on comedy channels, things like that, <laughs> where they're dragging their behind.
4: <laughs> well, uh, sort of, yeah.
5: Okay, and what kind of dog do you, is he?
4: Uh, it's a Shih Tzu.
5: Shih Tzu, and what's the baby's name?
4: Uh, his name is Tucker.
5: Tucker, all right. And uh, has Tucker done this very long? Is this something new for him?
4: Uh, something he just
5: started. Okay. Do you keep him clipped? Is he a, um, a groom dog, or do you have him in full hair coat? Uh, he's actually trimmed
4: pretty short, surprisingly.
5: Okay. And is there anything that, when he's doing this, um, does he show any anxiety? Does he try to turn around, She was behind, anything like that?
4: Yeah, a little bit, exactly.
5: Okay. And you didn't mention how old he is. How old is he? Uh, he's 10. So you've had him for a good spell then, huh? Yeah, I I
4: haven't seen him do this before.
5: Is there any kind of discharge, any color that you're seeing, any blood, anything unusual down on the floor area when he's actually doing that scooching?
4: Uh, Not that I've noticed.
5: Well, the first thing that really comes to... Yeah, that's definitely something to look. And, you know, one of the first things I would do is step up behind him. And if he permits this, is I would kind of lift up that tail area uh-huh. and look right at his butt. Uh-huh. As unpleasant as that sounds, we want to look there. Um, because um, around a dog's anal area, they do have some glands, and they're scent glands. And um, basically they're the same type of gland that any carnivore would have. So a skunk has glands that stink, and so do dogs, and so do cats. And they're located right around the anal area. And they're located right about, I'd say, about the 4 o'clock and about the 7 o'clock area. If you look at the behind as a as a clock, <laughs> when you're looking at the target and you're looking there, you want to look off to either side. If you see any redness, any swelling, or any kind of open sore, that is something that would give us a clear indication that we have an anal gland uh, problem and potentially an infection Now, some dogs with anal gland issues, they're, they're a gland that doesn't really do much of anything. They're really just pretty much a scent gland, and, um, you know, when dogs scoot like that, they're trying to relieve the itch. Um, so you definitely want to have your pet evaluated with a veterinarian, and they'll do a nice rectal exam, put on a latex glove, check those out. And maybe we'll be lucky, and maybe all Tucker will need is just to have those glands emptied, um, which for a lot of dogs does have to be done fairly regularly. Um, some groomers are do that as a maintenance type thing, so that's why I was kind of asking you before if you took them groom to get them groomed because a, a lot of that maintenance work many uh, groomers are very comfortable and doing. You no, know,
4: it's possible because we've just stopped taking them in on a regular basis, so maybe that's what the deal is.
5: Oh yeah, yeah, because if they've been doing that successfully and we're not keeping that up, then definitely that could play a role. Yeah, you know, if he's I actually never really
4: thought about doing myself.
5: And no, you know, and I've had many clients ask me, "Is this something I can learn to do? Can you teach me?" And I've had a few people that have the heart and the will to try, and it's it can be done. It's just uh, I don't know. I'm a pet owner myself, and it's it's not something I like to look at my dog children and say, "Come here, let me take care of that for you." Um, it's sometimes I think something a professional. um It's best to not have that uh, breakdown in your uh, relationship there. Right,
4: I'm going to take man. man. <laughs>
5: Uh, yeah. Now, now, if he does have an actual infection or an abscess, um, those can be kind of interesting to deal with because in many cases they actually have to be flushed out, be on antibiotics. Sometimes pets need those drained. So um, it would be something definitely I'd get on right away so we can find out if it's something on the milder end or something a little bit more serious that we have right. to address. Let's
4: picture me lifting up my dog by his tail.
5: Yeah. And there's some, definitely some other things that will cause dogs to scoot besides those anal glands. So, um, that's probably the most common reason that we'll see, uh, dogs dragging their behind across a carpet, tile. I've seen them across cement. Um, but other things can also be, um, potentially parasites. Um, there are some types of worms, um, particularly tapeworms, that can cause some itchiness in the the butt areas, um, and as well as some dogs that have allergies, uh, food allergies or seasonal allergies will tend to have itchiness. It isn't always just on oh. the butt area; well, um, they tend be, to have that. In,
4: uh, yeah, it could be fleas too. I know he's really allergic to fleas, and we just had a bad bout, and I finally got some got them uh, taken care of. So maybe that was it too.
5: Yeah, and that's where sometimes, you know, skin, the, the rear end is just as much skin as anywhere else. So if you are having a problem with a skin disease, whether it be a flea problem or an allergy problem, um, the dog is a whole. So, yeah, we definitely want to make sure we don't focus in just on that butt. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, Debbie. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for calling. I appreciate it.
1: It sounds like uh, any any way you cut it, you have to go to the vet on that one. Is that correct?
5: Yeah, and and for most pet owners, you know, checking those glands, um, you know, you, you're treading into unfamiliar water, so you really want to see a professional
1: for that. <laughs> Judy used to do that for a living. Well, she used to no, do it at a vet's office. When and- I
5: had to, that was
3: <laughs> part of the grooming when I bathed the dogs and clipped their nails, and you... You know, eliminate their anal glands, you would
1: not a pleasant thing to do. Huh? No,
3: no. Many a gagging going
1: on. You have to have a, quite a quite a constitution to be able to do that. Yes. Okay. So leave it to the professionals. Dr. Debbie Absolutely. is with us at one eight six six four oh five eight four oh five. Hi Sherry, how are you doing?
6: I'm doing great. Thank you.
1: Where are you calling from?
6: I'm calling from Tennessee.
1: What's on your mind today?
6: Um, what it is, my sister. Um we have she has a puppy. Probably about two and a half years old, and he's been outside. He's a house dog, but he got outside and he got some fleas, so they bought some really expensive shampoos, if that and the other, to get rid of the fleas, they thought. Well, they did, but now he's got, like, his skin is very sensitive or something. I don't know, but he's itching and scratching. What kind of dog do you have? Oh, it's a Shih Tzu. Okay, Shih Tzu. Right, right, right.
5: Okay, and where are these spots that he's having the irritation on what part of his body?
6: Well, on his underbelly, and um, oh, um, uh, he, he's biting on his ankles, and we thought it was fleas, but we can't find any, and we've done everything, you know, we do the flea thing, so I don't think it's the fleas, but undoubtedly, maybe the flea medicine made him, his skin be real dry, like, say, humans or something, and now we just. He, the poor thing, he's just scratching and itching all the time. And his hair, in a couple of spots, has turned red. He's a black and white, but his hair is turning red in a couple of spots. Would that have anything to do with
5: it? Well, it certainly can. And what you're describing when dog's hair kind of turns like a reddish, uh, kind of a reddish brown color, wow. that is that's evidence that um, the pet is actually licking. So even if we don't see them lick, if we see that brown staining, that's the clue there. So definitely from what you're describing, he is attacking himself, licking, chewing. And if he's got sores and he's got redness, I think we really need to talk about the potential, what's causing that. And you mentioned fleas, and that is the number one thing I think of when we have a really itchy pet in a flea endemic area. You know, even though you've done some steps, um, there's still the possibility that one bite from that flea can last for many, many weeks in causing that itch factor. So you need to still keep up with all of that. But if we've actually got some redness, some sores, we could even have some skin infections going on right now. So um, it might be realistic um, that we talk about antibiotics, um, maybe some medicated shampoos to help relieve that surface irritation on the skin. And then um, some anti-itch-type remedies. And there's a lot of different things that I'll pull out of the the, the medicine cabinet for an itchy dog. Um, but I try to start with the medicine that causes the least side effects, if at all possible. So something like an antihistamine. Um, although some dogs will use steroids um, for good and for bad. Um, and that may help to take the itch out if we're dealing with a really bad allergic-type situation. Um, so I would definitely imagine, Sherry, that you're going to need to get this baby to a veterinarian.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. You found us you lucky
1: dog. This is Animal Radio. All of us here, we love our animals lots. If you're listening, you are probably like us. A little over the top with your animals, their family. They probably eat uh, the same food you eat. <laughs> if <It's> not better. <laughs> better. And they yeah, probably yeah. sleep in the bed with you, and they're probably just like family. Maybe even closer than family. And uh, that's what we do here at Animal Radio. That's that's what this show is about. And uh, Dr. Debbie, who answers your questions about, well, almost any veterinary question, she deals with not only dogs and cats, the occasional chicken, uh, not really the, 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 the farm animals. You don't really deal we with We see ca- chickens. Do you? Oh, yeah. But you, no I cows.
5: No cows. And just rarely do we see goats. But, um, yeah, I'd have to say, you know kind of it tends to stay more with the pet level. Um but a lot of people love their chickens, but you know we have people that love their lizards too. And I don't know if you saw recently I shared something on the Dr. W Facebook page about a red a tegu lizard um that is a Instagram just smash. Tegu. And they, te, I've and never tegu. heard about it. It was
1: huge. What?
5: Yeah. yeah. He's he's about the size of like a cocker spaniel. If you really? <laughs> are you like, kidding me? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. No. And this, this, I think his name is MacGyver. Right. That uh, was this one. MacGyver? MacGyver? Yeah. yes. Yeah. And so he is like, you know, they have him sleeping on them. He's like dressed up. He's he just he, very doted upon. And he's quite the sensation on Instagram. But, yeah, if you check it out, it, it's really cool. But we actually have... um a tegu in my office today is it that big and, um he's about four pounds so not quite as big as that guy but he's a, still a good hefty lizard <laughs> you're talking about you know it's kind of like a big salmon almost
1: what's what's um, wrong with this lizard
5: oh he had the unfortunate um issue where his uh hemi penis so um these kind of lizards have like two penises and uh it got stuck out and it's kind of <laughs> stuck out <laughs> Jeez, all right
2: I <laughs> saw Hal right. smiling through the glass in his studio. <laughs> well, it was like, know, it's the
5: 2 anytime, thing. I, anytime I get to say Peters, and then there's two of them. Yes. <laughs> but poor guy, yes, the, his, his little goods were stuck outside of his body, and they started to get dried out, and um, he had some problems with, like, like, a little plug inside there, which was kind of uh, blocking things up. So, um, yeah, the sad truth is we had to do surgery on him, and uh, you know what we did?
3: Removed one.
5: Yeah, we took off the one that was, um, prolapsed. Um, so we basically amputated, uh, one side of his hemipenis. And, uh, so hopefully eliminate the problem, the infection and all that potential. And they, they kind of want to retain him for breeding. So, you know, we still kind of left him that opportunity if that's, uh, a possibility for him. So why is it genetic though? That was, it, oh,
1: sorry. <laughs> so many questions, so little time. Yeah. <laughs> go go well, ahead, Lauren.
5: How does it happen? <laughs> I right? was wondering
2: if that was a genetic trait in these Tegu lizards.
5: Well, you know, actually, what ten, sometimes we can see problems with vitamin A deficiencies. That can be a part of it. Um, but, you know, the honest truth is sometimes it's the lack of breeding. So they actually can get a seminal plug. Um, so if they're breeding, um, then things aren't backing up, if you will. So um, uh, actually using him for breeding might not be a bad idea to help prevent this in the other side.
1: Now, why do they have two?
5: You know, kind of like Mother Nature, you know, uh, you know, you got one kidney in case you know, it gets taken away when you're in Vegas and you're out on the strip. you got another one that you can still use. Um, it just gives you that opportunity to survive with a better chance uh, down the road.
1: Oh, there you go. Well, you see them all. And did you have any training in vet school for this? Or is this something that you just went to YouTube to look at a video to figure out how to?
5: <laughs> no, really how. We do, as veterinarians, we learn more. though. Uh, uh, and- at school than we do on YouTube. So I don't encourage anybody to do things that they learn off of, uh, YouTube there, <laughs> especially in a medical related. But yeah, there's, you know, a, this is a whole new realm of veterinary medicine nowadays. So graduating veterinarians now, you know, they can uh, have classes in just specifically reptiles, um, in, you know, laboratory species, animals like mice and rats. Um, so there's a whole lot of specialization that you can get nowadays. For me, when I came through school, eh, I had to learn a lot of this, um, you know, in continuing education on the job but uh the the now graduating veterinarians are so specialized it's really amazing there's so much to know
1: okay so if you want to talk to to dr debbie about your uh, lizards what do they call hemipenis
5: hemipenis or penis. see
1: the only hemi is i plural. know is inside my dodge durango <laughs> but, but now i can see the correlation between the two because that's one powerful engine <laughs> If you want to talk to her about your dogs, your cats, any animals that you have, toll-free 1-866-405-8405 right now. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and Blackberry. And uh, Lori, news is just about oh, 10 minutes, less than 10 minutes away. What do you have coming up?
2: All right. Something serious now. Drug problems in one of a big animal industry in this country. And it's really shocking. You won't believe the drug that we're talking about.
1: Okay, that leaves my mind going there. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's on the way in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Animal Radio. Stick around. Well, this healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Learn more over at redbarninc.com. And thanks, Red Barn, for
0: underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more.
7: Dogs or cats, horse or emu,
8: animals are people. The British luxury goods firm Burberry has threatened legal action against a company making garments using its trademark check pattern for ferrets. The trouble started when Ferret World began selling a fur-lined ferret hat and cape in what was advertised as the famous Burberry design. The ad also said it would give your ferret... That out-of-town look. Burberry wasn't amused and sent letters to Ferret World demanding a sample of the fabric, the names of all the purchasers, and a promise to never sell anything Burberry for a ferret again. Simon Bishop, the owner of Ferret World, agreed to take any mention of Burberry off his website, but he also added that Burberry should get a life. Humphrey Savage for Animal Radio.
7: Animal Radio We can't tell you why canine caviar is the only alkaline-based dog food, but we can tell you alkaline is proven to minimize the risk of renal failure and pancreatitis, reduce scratching, cellular degeneration, and disease, keeping your furry friend youthful and healthy longer. And those are the reasons we can fit into this short commercial. But by visiting CanineCaviar.com, you'll see exactly what we do to make a better food for your dog. Try the one and only alkaline dog food risk-free. Canine Caviar.
9: This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com.
2: I'm Lori Brooks. A new study confirms that pet owners have stronger neighborhood social connections than non-pet owners. And we usually like them better, too, don't we? Uh, It also says that pet owners are consistently more likely to report greater social benefits in their neighborhood, like helpfulness, friendliness, and a trust feeling between their neighbors. And I love this quote from the lead researcher of this study. Dr. Lisa Wood said, The notion that pets facilitate the glue that holds society together or social capital goes beyond now the more commonly investigated role of pets as just a social icebreaker. Isn't that true? They're giving them, you know, just a bigger, greater role now. They say that this study was the very first of its kind to examine the social capital effect of pets in two different countries, being the U.S. and Australia. Well, there is a really sad and big problem of drugs in dog racing. The dogs are testing positive for drugs, namely cocaine.
0: Really? Wow.
2: You know, I paused there because I knew no one expected that. Nope. Florida, yes, requires a urine drug test for any dog that wins a race. And they recently came across this one dog a greyhound, of course, that had tested positive six times for cocaine this year alone. So apparently their testing program wasn't enough of a deterrent. And that dog, whose name was Flicka, would turn out to be one of 12 greyhounds just in Florida that tested positive for cocaine over a four-month period this year. Now, amazingly, this is just outrageous it was the same trainer who handled all of those doped dogs and despite all of those failed drug tests the trainer continued to work with animals at racetracks until just last month when state regulators at last filed an emergency order that suspended his license. Greyhound advocates and experts say Florida's cocaine-fueled dogs just spotlight how far some will go to squeeze money wherever they can from dog racing. And the reason is because dog racing is on the downslide. At the industry's peak in the early 1990s, around $300 billion a year was bet on dog races back then. Well, today, that is down more than 70%, so it is really just disappearing. Thanks very much, but also thanks mostly to complaints and reports about inhumane and cruel animal treatment at dog tracks. If you didn't know, 40 states now outlaw greyhound racing, and of the 19 greyhound tracks that are still operating in America, 12 of those are located in Florida.
0: You know with these greyhound races it's um it's 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 funny that there's still ten states that that allow it and Can you, you think by that? now um right. that yeah. you know i mean we we we're turning into such a humane um country, so I think we are and then they you know and then you still have states that allow it I'm surprised florida um you know it's it baffles me really Florida of all the states that baffles you? Well, it 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 does, because, you know, Florida seems like, you know, a hip state, you know, a lot going on in the state of Florida, and, you know, not that I'm, I'm not going to mention any other states where I would expect it, but it wouldn't be there, I and mean, I don't know why. It's just a Joey Volani thing, I guess.
2: The state made a ton of money, like, um, oh, God, I can't even remember the figure, so I'm not going to try and guess again, but their uh, state tax revenue from dog racing is now down, uh, and just like the fat past 15 years, like 85%. So it's a huge number. So maybe they're just trying to hang on to the money they get. But still, that's it's a high price to pay. I'm Lori Brooks. You can get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com.
9: This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com.
10: Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. After a traumatic experience at the veterinary office, have you ever thought to yourself, there has to be a better way? When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you'll find your pet's vet visit is safer, more comfortable, and actually enjoyable. Your dog will go from shaking in the lobby to pulling you into the exam room with a wagging tail, and your cat will be purring inside the carrier. To find a certified Fear Free veterinary near you, go to fearfreepets.com.
1: Toll free 1 866 405 8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie right now. And this portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by Vetra Science. Summer is here and we're all excited. But for your pet, you know what? You got the thunderstorms, you got the lightning, you got fireworks. Talk about anxiety. And no one likes to see their furry best friend trembling in the corner. That's where Composure Supplement Choose from Vetra Science comes in. And this is where you come in. Aaron, what's going on with your dog?
11: Um,. Well, he has fairly severe allergies, um, including hypersensitivity to his own Demodex canis and, um, including allergies to people as well as a lot of foods. So I was wondering if what I could do to minimize that. I've gone through all of the steroids, all of them, Atopica, Prednisone, um, and tumoral P. I've got him on a raw diet. I have him on ivermectin to help minimize the demodex irritation, but he is still everyday uncomfortable, and I know that a regimen of, of uh, steroids throughout his life is not only going to compromise his liver and kidneys and immune system, but potentially shorten his lifespan. Mm-hmm.
5: Absolutely. Now, you sound like uh, you have had him allergy tested. Is that correct?
11: Yeah, we did both the ball, which I guess are not necessarily very accurate, and then we did the scratch testing, um, and we came up with um, pretty bad allergies to people, to mm-hmm. chicken, eggs, corn, rice, wow. uh, pretty much everything that's in commercial dry dog food, which forced us to the, the raw diet.
5: Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, if you ha- if you had an allergy tested, did you at any time pursue allergy injections or desensitization therapy?
11: We di- we did. Yes, I, we went through that for about a year. It seemed to have no effect whatsoever, and then we were going to do a rush induction, um, and did that. Uh, I'm sorry, we did do a rush induction, and that still seemed to help not at all. And, mm-hmm. and th- I, I know most dogs are allergic to certain seasons. He seems to be allergic year-round.
5: Okay. Yeah. And wow, what what a lot you got going on with this baby. I mean, the real problem that we have is that when we attack a lot of these allergy issues with the immunosuppressants, the prednisone, the cyclosporine, things like the Demodex kind of come to the surface. And truly um, we are hesitant to try to use anything really potent on the allergies till we can clear the demodex, and that can take a long time. Um, some dogs, we don't clear it, and it's a constant battle with that. So for me, when I hear of a pet that we're dealing with allergies that's having an active demodex break, um, that's where I try to focus a lot of my efforts. That and any other concurrent infections, bacteria infections, yeast infections, and try to address those things and to address... Uh, that as much as we can and then say, okay, let's regroup and then look at things uh, like steroids or uh, cyclosporine, because it's actually the use of things like steroids indiscriminately a lot of times with these allergy patients that they give relief, but they can set up the pet to um, break with these uh, mites, uh, the demodex mites. So that is... That's probably the, the best avenue that I could say to go to try to get a handle on things. And then if diet, if it is a year-round issue, then, gosh, yeah, the diet would be uh, a huge focus on how I would try to um, address that. And and definitely a lot of the, um, the blood allergy testing for food allergies is not always very useful. Um, yep. So we usually try to do more of uh, the elimination diet. So things like raw are fine, but there's still things in raw food that can be an, an allergy. Um, so I'm not sure what therapies you've tried, but whether we go with a hydrolyzed protein or even a novel protein diet where we're trying to eliminate and only pick a few ingredients and keeping it really uh, pure, if you will. Um, and that's how I like to go after the food allergy component with the, the year-round issues. And then sure. making sure fleas are under control. Got to keep those fleas under control as well um, if that's an, an issue for your area
11: it's not he was uh, he was in Las Vegas and actually unfortunately now he is um he's in Arizona at a foster home for the time being um but we did do the elimination diet we did that for about 2 years with the journal um and we we have him on a minimal amount of ingredients which seem to be okay um yeah i don't know <laughs> i'm just yeah. this is this is one i'm just thinking in my head to get to the wall a little bit
5: yeah and and it will be in his situation i would be realistic in that this is going to be a lifelong battle that um a lot of times uh, looking for the Inexpensive or the end of the road um, is probably not likely going to be there because he's always going to have issues, and you're going to have to modify that, especially as you move from one locale to another with him. Um, and I recently had someone move to from Michigan to Las Vegas, and they said, oh, we did all the allergy testing in Michigan, and you know what, we know he's allergic to things. And I said, well, you know, after you're in a new environment, there are different allergens, and some may be a greater component than others. So um, retesting when there is a move and potentially going on another allergy therapy Therapy, um, might be another thought uh, to consider as well.
1: Toll free 1 866 405 8405. This portion of Animal Radio underwritten by Vetra Science. Let this summer be stressless. With the help of composure from Vetra Science, from Glycoflex to multivitamins, your pets will thank you for Vetra Science supplements.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1 866 405
12: 8405.
2: Hi, this is Carrie Ann from Dance with the Stars. Don't forget to stay new to your animals,
13: and you're listening to Animal Radio.
7: All dogs should eat a pH-balanced alkaline diet. An alkaline diet reduces health risks and can also reduce scratching, shedding, and hot spots. So does this mean you need to check your dog's pH balance? No, because Canine Caviar has created the first and only alkaline dog food that is pH-balanced. It also has the highest metabolized calories. What does this mean? Your dog needs to eat less. Get a healthier dog and save money with Canine Caviar products. Find them at your local pet supply store or online at caninecaviar.com.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: Don't you know it's Animal Radio? This is where we celebrate the connection with your pets, the toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405. And we welcome to the Airwaves Marissa Hooper. Hi, Marissa. How are you doing? Great. How are you? Very good. How old are you? I'm 21. I didn't get slapped that time. I asked the question around <laughs> here, and I usually get slapped. Are you, uh, You're in school now, aren't you? Yes, sir, I am. Are you in college?
13: Yes, sir. I go to San Houston State in uh, Huntsville, Texas.
1: And what are you studying to be?
13: Um, I'd like to be an orthodontist.
1: Oh, that's a, that's a, a worthwhile job. It, it, well, thank you. It pays well, I hear. Uh, yes, sir. It, it takes. Oh, please don't call me sir. That's my dad. Oh, man. <laughs> so, so, Marissa, you, uh, you did something kind of neat. It's gone viral on the internet. I'm going to actually let you tell listeners what you did.
13: Uh, well, um, one day my sister and I were uh, sitting on the couch at home and, and looking around at all the pictures, and we wondered if our parents looked at all the pictures and. And all the memoirs of us when we were gone, or we were away at school and and um, we started to wonder you know how closely they actually paid attention, so um, I actually took it a step further and started uh, recreating some of the family pictures by dressing up my dog to look just like the family in the pictures uh, this is my mom <laughs> would uh <with> notice
1: <laughs> so you you made the dog, and this is a two pound chihuahua. Is it a Chihuahua?
13: Yes, yes, it is
1: You dressed up the dog to look exactly or very similar to the pictures correct. So there was for instance there's a picture and I think it's of you graduating and
13: uh yes the high school. And mm-hmm.
1: and you're in your gown and you've actually taken the gown and put it on the chihuahua with the with the uh what do they call that little hat there? The uh
13: uh just well it's a graduation cap made out of uh, some cardstock paper and um her robe is is a hand towel from the
12: kitchen
1: and i know this is radio i'm going to hold up the picture to the microphone so people can see this but you look fairly identical except for the faces one is obviously a chihuahua (laughs) and so you put that back on the fridge or wherever it was right Um, you swap
13: uh, it was a picture frame
1: Uh oh so you just swap them out and then there's another picture i believe of you as as a little girl
13: Oh, it's my uh, sister's kindergarten graduation picture.
1: And you uh, dressed up the <laughs> chihuahua with uh, uh, dark black hair just like your sister, right?
13: Uh, a, yes, sir. It's a bent pipe cleaner and uh, some uh, a little dress she had and, and some cloth material for her little collar.
1: <laughs> and once again, strikingly similar in, in, in poses. I mean, you did a really good work on the costumes. i got to say that right now. And uh, another one uh, probably, uh, it looks like maybe your mother... From uh, yes,
13: my, my grandmother. Grandmother.
1: Old picture, very old picture.
3: <laughs> black and white.
1: And you actually created another black and white picture. So you, you've uh, taken all these pictures, you made them similar, you put them in the place of where the normal pictures were. Did your parents or mom, did she notice?
13: Well, um, the first time I did my grandma and my sister's picture, and I put those up, and I actually went back to school the next week. And I'd forgotten about it. Um, and so, you know, I told my sister about it, and it was just sort of like, aha, I can't wait. You know, Mom's going to see it any day now. And, and my mom's a real stickler for keeping the house clean, so we know that she picked up the picture frames, and she moved them, and she handled them. And that cracked us up. And I think it was two weeks before we heard from her, and she put us in a group text with our dad and said, I don't know which one of you is switching out my family pictures, but cut it out. You know, I have company over, and I'm grabbing these pictures off the shelf and kind of trying to hide them from everyone because I don't want them to think I did it.
1: (laughs) So it took a couple of weeks.
13: It did, and then um, I waited, and um, this uh, past, about a month or two ago, I switched out the graduation picture, and that one only took her about two days. So I'm convinced that I have her on her toes looking at all the pictures now when I leave. (laughs) Um, And so she, she figured out that one was me.
3: But she thought that the actual photo of the dog looked better than your graduation picture?
13: Well, yes, and then that was the that was the text message. You know, she texted me and said, Quit switching out my pictures. I have to explain to company why I've got 5x7s of the dog everywhere. And <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, I know you thought it was funny. And she texted me back and said, well, her graduation picture came out better than yours. <laughs> I,
5: said, hey. I like your style,
3: Marissa. I really like that. Yeah, that is just yeah. way fun. Yeah, are you sure you want to be an orthodontist? I think there's another calling for you. <laughs> oh, well, maybe a hobby on the side. <laughs>
1: Uh, these, again, this is very hard to to express on the radio. So Judy, can you post these pictures uh, over at animalradio.pet? I definitely will. They okay. just
3: crack me up.
1: So they'll be over at <laughs> animalradio.pet. And we encourage you to keep this uh, shenanigans up throughout your life <laughs> because it's very amusing and it brings a lot of levity to a, a world that definitely needs it.
13: No, oh, that was the idea from the start, just to get a couple of laughs. So it's just awesome that it took off and, and everybody else got a smile out of
3: it, too. So,
1: <laughs> Marissa, thanks so much for hanging with us today. Good. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Take care now. I got to tell you, these pictures look strikingly Aren't like the original. they Great.
3: I mean, she took some great time and effort to make these pictures look like the originals. From the costumes to the hair to the flower and the chihuahua's hair. And I mean, this is a tiny little two-pound chihuahua that just sat still and let her. Do everything to it.
1: I encourage you to head on over right now to animalradio.pet and check these out. And uh, while you're there, download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
5: I just am so the mad that I lover. didn't see this before. I just came home from my parents back in Indiana.
1: Oh, that would have been a great been, idea.
5: This would have been a great gig. Oh, gosh. That, I would have loved it. And that's, that's your Next MO. Time.
1: That's totally your MO, too. It Dr. is. Yeah.
5: That's why I applaud her. She really yeah. tapped into something fun here. Didn't she?
0: It's Alan Cable. You know, pit bulls get a lot of real bad press. So it's nice to be able to tell you about a real pit bull that did an amazing thing. Saved a toddler's life.
13: As you can see, like, he's a happy, healthy little boy.
0: And that's because of Tater Tot, their rescued pit bull, who woke little Peyton's mom up in the middle of the night. He wasn't really coherent. They'd only had this dog for a few days.
5: And he kept on whining and barking and running between
13: the two of us. So I checked on him, and, like, he was, like, Barely breathing.
1: Christy rushed her son to the emergency room. They found out his blood sugar was dangerously low, and nobody knows why.
0: The doctor says the pit bull's keen sense of smell is what saved Peyton's life.
3: Because for them, you know, what
8: for us is, you know, barely a whiff of something, gives them a huge picture of what's going on.
13: Doggy heroes come in all sizes. I could have been one of those moms, like, sitting there telling people how I lost my son. This is Animal Radio.
1: Admit it. You love your dog, and he is part of the family. So when choosing your next vacation, don't forget Fido. With just a little planning, the entire family can enjoy a road trip. To find the best vacation spot for Spot, subscribe to Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog, where each issue includes hotel and destination reviews, where both you and Fido are welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and find out what all the barking's about.
0: That Celebrating the fun. connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani, and here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
1: And we're having too much damn fun in the studio is what we're having. Uh, you wish you were here, don't you? Well, be thankful you're on the other side of that microphone. We we actually all have faces for radio, except for Dr. Debbie, who's uh, one She's hot veterinarian one. here.
5: You're bad. Stop. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, let's see. So this hour, we're going to talk to the lady who works with uh, TrustedHouseSitters.com, and she uh, will hopefully place you in a place where you can uh, just take care of a house, take care of some pets, and vacation at the same time, maybe in a European country. This is exactly what Judy is hoping for.
3: Yeah, I'm looking for my next gig.
1: So that's just around the corner right here on Animal Radio. Also, if you're looking for somebody to sit at your house, she does that also. Uh, not Judy, but well, she does that also, but this lady with the trusted house sitters.com. And let's see, uh, in about, oh, I'd say 25 minutes or so. We're going to do a check of the news. We do this at the bottom of every hour. We have the news that you need to know for your pets from Lori Brooks, our news director. And what do you have coming up this hour, Miss Brooks?
2: Well, there's a city that is now, um, going to fine people up to 500 bucks if they don't have their pets licensed. Really? So you're going to want to listen to make sure that. That's not
1: you. Judy, are our pets licensed? Do we have to have them licensed? Our
3: dog is.
1: Your dog is licensed?
3: Yeah. I don't know if I'm supposed to have my cats license. They don't go outside.
1: You better find out. What about where you are? Dr. Debbie, do you have to license your pets?
5: Yeah, you have to license dogs, cats, and ferrets.
1: And ferrets. You you can have Mm -hmm. ferrets in uh, Nevada, huh?
5: Yeah, yeah, I know those of you in California I know that's, that's something you, uh, can enjoy those guys as pets, but yeah. Now, why all is of it those that three. Th-
1: why is it there are some states that ban ferrets? What's wrong with ferrets? Uh,
5: you know, the, it kind of goes back to things involving the rabies incidents and the concerns with that. Concerns that breeding, um, uh, ferrets might get into the indigenous population because a lot of the black-footed ferrets and that somehow that would, um, affect them as well um so, so there's a lot of questions now why it's really because most of the pets uh ferrets are a spayed and neutered before we ever get them from a pet store so kind of some of that argument is kind of ridiculous if you really think about it that you know people aren't typically breeding their ferrets they're already spayed and neutered so it can't be done
1: yeah <laughs> and, and you would think california a very liberal state you know, i mean you could Drive down the street and buy a dime bag if you want. Won't allow ferrets. And that's the same thing with Denver. You could drive down the street and buy a dime bag, but you can't have a pit bull. Uh, Go figure that out. But you have them in Nevada. You really have anything there.
5: Well, sadly, sadly so. Yeah. Now, I I don't personally have, but yeah, there are certainly people who have like the, you know, the big cats, um, exotic birds, um, you know, all sorts of things. I can't say what was the weirdest thing we had come in recently, yeah, what but was? uh um, we had you know some of those
1: capybaras. oh um, yeah do a lot of people have those now?
5: um it seems like they're becoming popular with some of the exotic pet stores. it really mm-hmm. does,, and
1: That's those are like the, oversized, the yeah. oversized rodents is what they are,
5: way oversized, yeah, like yeah, like like large dog size, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, so if you want to talk to Dr. Debbie about uh, your cats, your dogs, your capybara, whatever it may be, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Uh, Lori, what are you working on for news this hour?
2: I'm still shocked over Dr. Debbie saying exotic pet stores. Do they have those, really?
5: Yeah, yeah. You sure? You can go. I mean, uh, you know, I don't treat monkeys, but there are stores that sell monkeys as well. Um in Vegas? hmm Skunks. Yeah. Wow. That's wow. Weird. I haven't seen
2: anything like that. That's weird. Maybe it's just a, it's in, a little bit controversial, area, you
5: know, when you start to get into some of these species that, you know, should we really be keeping them as pets? And then what happens when pe- people can't take care of them any longer? What's the support structure? Where do you turn in your exotic pet if you're moving or you can't take care of them anymore or if it has health problems? Um, so that's a big thing. And I think, um, you know it's something for communities to really kind of debate and and you know decide if that's really the wisest thing to do or not
1: have you ever had monkeys they come here
5: yeah yeah in my office we really don't see primates just because of some of the um diseases that can cross over hepatitis and so forth um so we don't typically see those here um but uh you know we'll occasionally get like some of the uh, we've seen servals that have been picked up by animal control and things like that. So, um, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. okay. Well, if you want to talk to Dr. Debbie, you know the numbers because I've said them a million times. <laughs> I do have a story coming up. Yeah, so what well. is your story? A good one. Well,
2: yeah, it's it's. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was so shocked about exotic animal stores. Um, we're going to talk about. The the states that have the fattest cats and the fattest dogs, but I guess the proper terminology
1: is um, obese. No, nah, so they're just cats. fat. There's like some statistic, and Dr. Debbie would know this, that like over 60% of our pets mm-hmm. are overweight. And, you know, we think it's cute sometimes. We look at them, they all, they're so mm-hmm. cute and everything, but... What are some of the, the problems, the sicknesses, the diseases that these overweight animals can get?
5: Oh, really? The same things that that people get when they struggle with uh, weight issues, diabetes, uh, joint disease, um, pancreatitis. Um, so, um, in shortened lifespans in general because uh, you know they'll often have other problems, liver disease. Um, so, really, the whole host of things that we can see, heart disease. Gosh, you know, I can think of just about any uh, system of the body where something where obesity affects it. And a lot of people say, "Oh, but my pet's happy." Yeah. It, you know, they're happy to eat, but, you know, wouldn't they rather enjoy more years in your household than just rolling around on the couch? So those mm-hmm. flabby tabbies and those chubby pups, you know, you got to keep them, keep them lean.
1: Amen. True that. Okay, let's go to the phones. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five 405 8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie right now in this portion of Animal Radio Underwritten by Vetra Science. Summer's here. We're all excited about it. But, you know, for your pets, it can mean a little bit of anxiety. you got the thunderstorms. I know, like, one of our cats has serious thunderstorm anxiety. But you know what? Not anymore. That's where Composure Supplement Choose from Vetra Science comes in. And this is where you come in on line four. And we go to Sheila. Hi, Sheila. Hi.
12: How you
1: doing? Doing good. Where are you calling from today?
12: I'm calling from Spring Lake, North Carolina.
1: North Carolina. Is that near Fayetteville? Yes, it is. Yes, oh, okay. It's about
12: 10 miles.
1: Well, so what's going on with the animals?
12: Um, we've got a um, feral cat and abandoned cat issue. They're mm, they're okay. neglected. They're abused. They're not taken care of, and I've sort of taken it upon myself to correct it. I totally believe in the trap, neuter, or return, but okay. it's it's very expensive. I cannot afford the traps, and I cannot afford to have them spayed or neutered. So what I'm trying to do is find somebody who can. Point me in the direction of a vet that's very cheap, and how I would get a hold of uh, a couple traps. I mean, I've been feeding them, and I've also looked up how to build them a shelter and how to build them a feeding area. And because I don't want them by the by the unit by the house, because then they get
5: into the garbage and they eat junk. And so have you reached out to the local humane societies and um, uh, rescue groups in your area? Because for being very honest, this is a very regional type approach. So um, it's not common. You can sometimes find national groups to help you with this, but it is a very regional thing. So I usually advise folks to enlist the support of uh, people within the immediate community that are pet lovers that can become involved. Um, but well, I- if... if there's already available an organization that can help to give you the tools in, in the local region, th- then that's where I really look at. Okay,
12: I did try to get in touch with the Feral Cat Coalition Never Return My Call, okay. and I cannot find a uh, no-kill shelter, because I, w- I would never take an animal to a kill shelter, ever. And- well,
5: and the, the sad truth with feral cats are that, you know, if you take them to a shelter, in many cases, you know, if they're not, tame to humans, they, you know, they will be euthanized. So if your goal is to, you know, just trap and release so these rooter. kitties, and you're in North Carolina, so I'm just, as we're sitting here, I'm typing in the internet, and there is a feral cat assistance program in Greensboro, Um so that might be one resource. But otherwise, nationally, you can look at, there's a group called Alley Cat Allies. I think they're out of the D.C. area, right. but they... Yeah. Yeah, they do have some resources online, and they can help to direct um, people to um, maybe some groups within their area. But a lot of times it's really getting to know people within your local humane groups. So it may not be putting a phone call in, maybe going down there and saying, hey, I need some resources, I need there, some help. Can someone give me the name of uh, groups or people that m- might share a common interest and we can work together? Because you're right, it's expensive. And, um, you know, it's unrealistic for one person to take on a colony by themselves. There is usually one person that's in charge of um, uh, being the caretaker for a colony, but that doesn't mean they should assume all the financial burdens. It's really more to make sure that, you know, they're getting trapped, identified, uh, they're getting the proper veterinary care, and then there's some kind of um, you know, continuity of care that this continues for um, continued generations so we can help to try to minimize the population.
12: Well, a um, couple of the cats that are just abandoned cats, they're very affectionate, very lovable, and I've been able, been able to get close enough. One cat has such a gash on his ear, it needed stitches. The best I could do is just put some triple antibiotic ointment on it every time mm-hmm. it comes around. And the little one, oh, my God, we've got a little one. He can't be more than two months old. Sweetest little orange cat. And mm-hmm. he has a huge lump on his back. Oh. And he had an eye infection. So I, mm-hmm. I had antibiotic eye drops for myself. I just diluted them a little bit and started putting it in his eye one drop at a
5: time. And mm-hmm. that cleared up. Well, I mean, you sound like you have a lot of passion for these little ones. And, and I think that is... um It's remarkable, it's fabulous, and I I would just hope that you can enlist some of the help of your fellow, um, you know, neighbors, community members, and to have them help you um, in this effort. Because one person, like I said, can't do it alone, and I, you know, it's frustrating, it's, um, you know, they fight, you know, that's what cats do when they're out, Um, and they definitely are more at risk for infectious disease, parasitic disease, Um, and they can live a very short and sometimes, you know... um, Un- uncomfortable and uh, troubling life. So um, yeah, if yes. you can get, th- get I'm, them I'm some just, care, that'd be great. I'm
12: sadly aware that I've found the remains mm. of a couple out in the, the wooded area. And that just mm. ruined my whole day.
1: Well, Sheila, we salute you for, for fighting the good fight. We hope you find the resources you need. Check out Alley Cat Allies. They should at least be able to point you in the right direction. And uh, do,
11: I Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and, and let us know how it works out. we okay? will do that. Toll free 1 405 8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Vetra Science. Let summer be stressless for your pets with the help of Composure by Vetra Science. From Glycoflex to multivitamins, your pets will thank you for Vetra Science supplements. And we thank Vetra Science for underwriting Animal Radio.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1 405 8405.
8: Those big, scary storms can be terrifying for your pet, and we know that when they're stressed, so are you. Take good care of your buddy with VetraScience Composure. VetraScience Composure helps ease anxiety for pets caused by storms, travel, and donor separation. It won't sedate them, and your pets will love the taste. Also try our Glycoflex for hip and joint health, as well as multivitamins and probiotics. Find VetraScience supplements at your local pet store, Petco, or your vet. Learn more at vetraScience.com.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. If you're sitting
1: inside your cubicle at work on a weekend, what a sucky job you have. And you probably want to give it up and uh, travel the world, maybe pet-sit while you're at it. Uh, We're going to tell you in just a couple of minutes how you can do that, how you could end up uh, in Europe maybe for a couple of weeks pet-sitting, and vacationing instead of sitting right here in that crappy cubicle. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm projecting a little bit. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your, your cubicle is looking a little ratty these days. It, it is.
1: I, I wish I was in Europe right now somewhere. Um, or, you know, Costa Rica or you know, there's a whole host of countries and places that I'd rather be right now. But if I have to be at work, it would be right here with you guys helping people with their animals.
2: Aww. Big hug, Aww. everybody.
1: Thank you. Uh, Toll free one eight. <clears throat> that was a little tight. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to reach out to the Dream Team in just about ten minutes. Lori's going to check the news, and, and what do we have coming up this hour?
2: Going to take a look at. You know, have you ever given your pets? Maybe you have two dogs or something. One something bigger than the other, like more food or an extra treat. Oh. The the thing is, you probably have, right?
12: Yes. And you oh. Think,
2: they, they don't notice. Sure. Think again. There's some new research out on that subject on do dogs have a sense of fairness? Yes, they do.
1: Okay. Well, that's on the way in just a couple of minutes. Now, remember when you feed them the treats from the table, you have to divvy them up equally. Okay? Otherwise, there's going to no be...
2: Tr- no table scraps out.
1: Okay. They don't get anything. Debbie, Dr. Get Debbie nothing.
2: just passed me that note.
5: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Lori, for supporting the message here.
1: Uh, let's see. Let's go to line four. And we have Carolyn on the phone. Hi, Carolyn.
5: Hi, hi. How
1: are you doing um, today?
5: I'm fine. What's up?
14: Um, I have a female shepherd mix. She's between 9 and 10. She's a rescue dog, but that's what the, her veterinarian estimated her to be. We've had her since before she was a year old. Right before Christmas, she was diagnosed with diabetes, okay. and we've got her on insulin, and this past week she went blind. And we took her to a a specialist, an eye specialist for animals. And um, he said that we can get cataract surgery to remove the cataracts and that she's got a 90% chance to regain her vision, which is what our prayer is, of course. And um, not that I'm second-guessing him because I I trust him, but um, I just kind of wanted to get a feel... From, from her to see if she's had any experience with this
5: mm-hmm, um, sure. and other dogs. Um, is your dog doing well with the diabetes in other ways? Are we fairly well regulated, or are they having any difficulties with her blood levels?
14: We are in the process of getting her regulated, and we have to wait for the surgery to get that done. She is going mm-hmm, this week yeah. for another all-day, I guess like a glucose tolerance panel, mm-hmm, um, okay. because he... Had adjusted it once two weeks ago and this week we're gonna do another one to see if she needs to be adjusted again and i understand we have to get that regulated um she's on seven units twice a day right now which the eye specialist says that's kind of low um yeah yeah
5: and um you know, might be. And usually with insulin, if anything, we try to go slow to bring those levels, go to a higher dose. We hate to go too high and then have problems. It's much better to, to start low and work your way up. But yeah, I will totally agree that we want to try to get your pet somewhat regulated before we talk about surgery. Um, um, so it's to the best of our abilities. Um, but we know that even well regulated diabetics can get these cataracts. And um, I will agree also that um, usually success is wonderful. And so, about 90 95% of dogs' vision will be restored. But there are some what ifs, and one would be we'd want to have her in good health, and you know, the diabetes pretty well regulated first. Secondly is ophthalmologists will typically do a retinal check um, so they want to do a retinogram to make sure before we put her through the surgery that what we got going on back there that we got a good retina. Um, so that would be something that can help give us a little peace of mind before we get into the surgery um, if we're going to expect to have good vision afterwards. Um, right. But after cataract surgery there are some you know possibilities of problems so um, down the road I'd say probably 80% of dogs that have cataract surgery still have good vision and meaningful vision, um, but we do see problems post-operatively with inflammation or what we call uveitis. Um, we can have some concerns for things like glaucoma. Um so those are things to be aware of going into it um that um no surgery is without any potential complication but I'd say for the vast majority of dogs with uh the sudden onset cataracts um surgery is wonderful and uh, if it is possible and within your means I would certainly um encourage you to, to go down that road
14: Yeah it was just so scary because seeing your little baby because my dogs are my children and mm-hmm. I you know, you you see her playing one day and then the next day you see her bumping into stuff and it's just so mm. so scary, you know, to see her and you're like, What's going on? Then she's got the clouded eyes and everything and I'm just so thankful that she you know, as soon as we can get this sugar regulated that that we we are able to get her the surgery to restore her sight because, you know, I want her to be happy and I don't want her to be thinking, Why can't I see?
5: Yeah, and sure.
14: You know, I don't know if dogs think that way, but I'm sure she's wondering what the <laughs> heck is going on. Mm. And yeah. now that I know that she s- can get the surgery, it's like, you know, kind of giggle, like, oh, watch where you're going, honey. And, you know, say, uh-huh. oh, we're going to have to get her a helmet and stuff. But, oh. you know, and I feel bad for any dog that, that goes through this. And naturally, you know, I cried for three days, and but I'm happy now knowing that she can. And I just kind of wanted to get a feel.
5: Yeah, definitely. You know. And Some dogs can do perfectly fine as a blind dog. I I would have to say that dogs that have a slower onset of cataracts tend to manage and adjust a little bit to their vision loss a little bit easier initially than those that lose it all of a sudden. So, you know, but, you know, even without surgery, there are dogs out there with cataracts that are diabetics and they can live very full, meaningful lives with accommodations. But uh, you know the fact that this surgery does have such a you know a good outcome for vision, it, it is something I try to encourage folks to look into if at all possible.
8: Those big scary storms can be terrifying for your pet and we know that when they're stressed so are you. Take good care of your buddy with VetraScience Composure. VetraScience Composure helps ease anxiety for pets caused by storms, travel and owner separation. It won't sedate them and your pets will love the taste. Also try our GlycoFlex for hip and joint health as well as multivitamins and probiotics. Find VetraScience supplements at your local pet store, Petco or your vet. Learn more at vetrascience.com.
9: This is an animal radio news update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. I'm Lori Brooks.
2: Sacramento, which is the capital city of California, has a whole bunch of newly licensed pets these days. The reason is a new enforcement program to crack down on people whose pets are unlicensed. Now, those who fail to comply will be hit with fines of up to $500. It's estimated that only 13% of pets in Sacramento are licensed compared to a national average of about 30%. Well, as of July 1st, the city began enforcing the code requiring that dogs and cats both be licensed and have their rabies shot as well. They say the first failure to comply is a $300 ticket, but that can be waived if you decide you're going to comply with the law and you get a license within 30 days. Further citations, though, will cost slack pet owners about 500 bucks. And that's really a ton of money compared to the 20 bucks that the city is charging for both a tag and a rabies shot if they do it. There's some new research out that suggests uh, dogs really are more like people than we thought. In fact, dogs and wolves. The research shows that they both have a sense of fairness or a lack of fairness, depending on the situation. Previously, researchers believed that dogs gained their sense of inequity through domestication. Now, However, the latest study, which was published in a scientific journal, shows the sense is equally strong in both dogs and wolves suggesting a sense of fairness might be hardwired in the genes of canines. Now, in test, here's what they did. You'll love this. Scientists found wolves that were trained to press a buzzer refused to participate after they realized that pressing the buzzer resulted in a treat for their partner dog but got them nothing. (laughs) Like, hey, I'm doing all the work. Now, both the dogs and wolves, they say, refused to participate in the experiment, even when they received a treat, but it was smaller, obviously smaller, than the treats that their partners received. They are not dumb. (laughs) Well, the veterinary chain Banfield Pet Hospital has released their annual report of the state of pet health in this country based on data from 2.5 million dogs and over a half million cats that are treated by the chain. This year's report includes a, a really heavy focus on overweight pets, and the company compiled a list of the states with the highest percentages of obese and overweight pets. Now, the 10 states with the highest percentage of overweight dogs is Minnesota, with 41%. That's outrageous. Nebraska is at number two, according to Banfield. Then Michigan, Idaho, Nevada had 36% and rounds out the top five states with the fattest dogs. New Mexico is at number six on the list, followed by Washington, then Utah, Indiana, and Oregon, coming in at number 10. Now, the top ten states with the fattest cats. I see people chewing their nails for their paws. (laughs) It's a little different, but Minnesota tops that list as well, followed by Nebraska, Iowa, Idaho, and Delaware, number five on the list for fat cats. Michigan is number six. Nevada enters the picture at number seven, then Kansas- Utah at number nine, and New Mexico in 10th place. In the United States overall, it's estimated that one-third of the cats and 30% of dogs seen by the Banfield Clinics were unhealthily heavy. But those findings still, I mean, are a lot lower than the figures that are cited by the Association for Pet Obesity Prevention because they estimate that about 60% of cats and 54% of dogs in America are overweight or obese. And you're thinking, hmm, you know, states with the most overweight people might also have the most overweight pets. I, I mean, was that. makes that. sense, right? Yeah. 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 You'd be wrong, though. Because <laughs> statistics show that four states that are among the top six when it comes to the highest rates for human obesity, those states include Louisiana, Alabama, Arkansas, and Mississippi. Those are four of the six which were in the bottom six when it came to overweight pets? Huh. Heavier people, thinner pets. Doesn't make sense, does it? No, it, it hmm. doesn't. Something to think about or chew on. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com.
9: This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com.
10: Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. After a traumatic experience at the veterinary office, have you ever thought to yourself, there has to be a better way? When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you'll find your pet's vet visit is safer, more comfortable, and actually enjoyable. Your dog will go from shaking in the lobby to pulling you into the exam room with a wagon tail, and your cat will be purring inside the carrier. To find a certified Fear Free veterinary near you, go to fearfreepets.com. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Hal.
1: How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. What's going on with your animals?
13: Well, my little dog has really bad breath
1: little dog has okay. bad breath. Okay.
5: So what kind of dog?
13: He's a little chihuahua uh Caron terrier mix.
5: Oh, okay. Chihuahua. Though. And how old is he?
13: Uh she will be 3 years or she... old this month.
5: Okay. All righty. So um well I'll tell you the bad breath. I mean we talk about bad. doggy breath. And there's there's three top things that I think of when I to have when I have somebody who's talking about bad breath in their dogs, uh-huh. okay. First one, first one is dental disease. Okay. Second one is dental disease. <laughs> and, really? And the third one is dental disease. <laughs> and
13: I'm sure you're writing all three down too. <laughs> yes.
5: Yes. Well, and it's it's a, just a known fact. Um, uh-huh. By two years of age, over 75% of dogs and cats already have some degree of dental disease present. Yeah, okay. And we may not always see it. Um, it may not be something that's jumping out at us, but it mm-hmm. it is there. And the reason is really because the teeth are, there's above the gum line and below the gum line. And only 40% of the tooth is above the gum line, what you can see. Okay. Um, so that means that there is processes going on underneath the gum line. So we have bacterial film, we get plaque build up, and then we get this, uh, you know, more mineralized tartar with time. Mm-hmm. So especially in a chihuahua, because um, they do have a lot of uh, typical dental problems. So at that age, I would certainly be talking about doing a dental cleaning. Okay. And it's more than just, you know, you know, if there's not a lot of tartar, there's other stuff we do. So we do full oral charting. And that means we're basically going to kind of probe under the gum lines. We're going to look for um, pockets along the teeth, which can indicate periodontal disease. And a lot of times, we'll get odor from bacteria down in those pockets. Okay. So that's uh, an important thing. And also, you know, the veterinarian will check and make sure that the tonsils look good, that there's no masses or anything like that. That could be also okay. be contributing to the to the odor. Okay. And, you know, and I do make jests <laughs> saying everything's due to dental disease. But right. the other types of things that can cause bad breath tend to be more medical in nature so we might be looking at you know gi disease gastric reflux um we might have something like diabetes or kidney disease um sinus infections things like that so those in a younger dog we might think a little less of and i definitely would focus my radar on the the dental health okay
13: okay um my friend recommended giving my dog greenies what do you think
5: well, you know, I think that's something that we can use to go along with complete oral care, but it is not okay. a replacement for no. okay. dental okay. cleanings or for, you know, other types of home care. So okay. once I do have a dog that's had his teeth cleaned, then I definitely do follow up with whatever we can do at home to help him stay clean and also to keep um, you know, the bacteria does, and the Does that include from like brushing teeth? Absolutely. And well, the best thing that can be done for home care is teeth brushing. That's the best thing. And we want to do that every couple days because the soft kind of plaque will become mineralized within about three days if we don't dislodge it. Can can we get real
1: just for just a second? Do Do you do that with BOSS?
5: You know what I I um okay. uh, I do have a toothbrush and we do brush his teeth but the frequency of which is not what I recommend okay. so I uh, uh, it's my husband's job I will say that okay <laughs> he's the one that's supposed to be doing that so but yes that's the best thing you can do but there are there's some some other great home care products some through your veterinarian and then some might be over the counter and your veterinarian will have products that have ingredients like chlorhexidine which is a anti microbial um, solution that they can you can apply to the gums and it helps to decrease the odor and the bacteria in the mouth and can help to keep the plaque from building up. So there's a okay. lot of different forms for that. Okay. Um, also some of the oral products that contain zinc can be used for bad breath and it basically is because zinc interferes with the bacterial um, proliferation so it therefore helps with the odor associated with dental disease. So those kind of things, and you can, you know, certainly talk to your veterinarian about some great products out there. Um, There's MaxiGuard Gel, there's the C-H-X or C-E-T line um, through the veterinarian. Um, But if you need help kind of going through the -the over-the-counter type of products, you can go to a very useful website. It's the Veterinary Oral Health Council website and it's the www.vohc.org and you can look at products and those go through some of the things, like you mentioned, greenies, um, Uh some different dental diets, some shoes, and the ones that have actually been shown by veterinary dentists to be of some use. And I say okay. some use. So again, yeah. we want to use that along with uh, home brushing and other okay. things. Okay.
1: Well, a lot of answers there, Lisa. Thank you so much for your yeah, call. Thank you. It's toll free, 1-866-405-8405. If you want to reach out to Dr. Debbie or to Joey
0: Volani, You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. In today's automotive news, Audi wants to better understand the youngest employee generation and has carried out a survey of people born after 1995. The most important finding, Generation Z is loyal, flexible and career-oriented. Out of 5,000 people polled, 48% of Generation Z would be happy to spend the rest of their entire working life with one employer, irrespective of what kind of work's involved. Finally, there's hope now that we know. Thanks to Audi. For our Auto I'm Nick Miles. Get away the Italian way in the new Fiat 124 Spider. With up to 164 horsepower and 184 pound feet of torque, the spider is the perfect performance vehicle to rev up for a top-down kind of summer. Visit your local Fiat dealer today. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: It's Animal Radio. This is where we celebrate the connection with our pets. We'll go back to the phones in just a couple of minutes here, but first, we're going to visit with Amanda Laws. Angela. I'm so sorry. Angela Laws. (laughs) Hi, Angela. How are you doing?
15: Hi, I'm fine. Thank you.
1: Where are we calling you today? Where are we Skyping you?
15: You are actually Skyping me from a place called Betchworth, which is in the UK. I'm in uh, the county of Surrey, and it's really very nice. So that's where I am today.
1: And uh, that changes frequently for you?
15: It does indeed. I mean, um, I've just recently come back from the States over to the UK from San Diego and from Bainbridge Island in Washington State um, and from Vancouver in Canada.
1: Now, why are you traveling all these different places?
15: Because I work for Trusted House Sitters and I actually care for pets and homes while I'm working for them. So I work for them full time, but I also house some pets at full time as well.
1: com. Now, what is that?
15: We are a network of travel lovers and, and pet lovers that go and care for pets in their homes. And we do this out of a passion for caring for them. And we actually bring pet owners peace of mind so that they can travel. Um, away, leaving their pets happy at home because, as most veterinarians will tell you, pets are far happier in their own safe environment.
3: But the owners of these
15: pets, they don't actually pay
3: these pet sitters to come for extended periods of time in their home to watch their animals, do they?
15: No, they don't. We're care-oriented rather than pay-oriented. We don't consider this to be a job. It's actually a lifestyle choice
1: I, I gotta say, if I want somebody to come into my house and watch my pets, I gotta really know them well, or, or they gotta have some really good references. I don't know if I'd go to the internet to find somebody.
15: You know what? We absolutely understand the way that that, that you may feel and others. However, we have um, sitters on the site with full. Profiles that pet owners can go to and they can read their profiles. We have trust and verification steps that sitters go through and the final one culminates in a full background and criminal record check. Sitters have references on their profiles. And the beauty of what we do and the benefit of what we do is the pet owner will never lose control of who they invite into their home to care for their pet. From the moment that they choose um, a sitter that applies to them, they do their own due diligence, the same as you would anybody that was coming into your home. I had sitters for my home in Canada that came from New Zealand, and they were going to look after my home for three months, and by the time they arrived, after Skyping with them, after emailing with them, after checking their references, I knew more about them than I did my neighbors who I'd been living next door to for five years. Wow!
1: So if I wanted to do this, if I wanted to sit somebody's pet and visit a foreign country, how would I do that? Would I just go to the site and sign up?
15: You come to the site, um, you can register for free and search the site before joining. We are a membership-based um, network, and so we have a membership fee that you pay. It's $119, and for that it's an annual membership, and you get access to house and pet sits anywhere in the world.
3: Now, what about the opposite end? What if I'm a homeowner and I'm looking for somebody, and I checked out that I'm on the up and up, I don't have a criminal record?
15: The homeowners come to the site and they put all of their personal details in when they register so that we have, obviously, all of their, um, as I say, their personal details as well. Is a
3: criminal background done on me when I list my home?
15: No, there isn't. Um, it's up to the, the two parties involved to actually do that due diligence for themselves.
1: The homeowners also pay the $119 fee. They
15: pay the $119 as well. And for that, they get 24 hour membership support, um, experienced sitters, um, who have done this as well as working for the company.
1: But it's going to be up to me to do the criminal background check. This is nothing you guys do.
15: No, we we do that on sitters. As I say, they go through the three verification steps, uh, culminating in the full background and criminal record check. And so the owners actually can see that on their profile. And is that included
1: in the 119 bucks that I pay if I?
15: Okay. If you're a sitter and you come to the site, um, two steps of the verification are included in that $119. The third step is done by a third party. It's not done by trusted house sitters, and there is a cost attached to that.
1: Approximately how much do you think that is?
15: $60.
1: Well, it seems very intriguing. I mean, it seems like a great way to visit the world as well as take care of some great pets as you're doing it and not really have to pay for hotels or anything like that.
15: That is the beauty of it. I mean, staying in a hotel can be incredibly insular. I mean, it's impersonal and it's crowded very often. Would you rather have a one room where you've got to, um, you know, put do not disturb so somebody doesn't get you up in the morning or would you rather sit You know, in the luxury of a a complete home with a pet for company, and go out walking, and you know, discovering different parts of a place that you wouldn't have gone to otherwise.
1: Angela, thank you so much for spending time with us today. I will put links to everything that you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.pet, and if you decide to partake, let us know. Give us a call and let us know uh, how it went for you. And Angela, thank you so much for your time today.
15: You're welcome.
1: Well, it's time for all of us to head our separate ways, except uh, me and the dogs. We're going to go out for a walk right now. Dr. Debbie, are you going to take that lizard out for a walk?
5: Uh, no, he's on rest right now. He's he's recovering from his surgery. so uh.
1: I can't get over that. But anyway, if you missed any part of the show, especially the story about that, what kind of lizard is it? A tegu. The tegu lizard. You can always listen again over at animalradio.pet or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and Blackberry. Just a great app to have, by the way, especially if there's a recall of food. Uh, You'll know right away because you'll get notified right on your smartphone. Have yourself a great week. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here.
3: Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
1: See you next week. Stay cool. This is Animal Animal. Animal. Radio
13: Network. Network.